0: Good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. It's great to stay up late. Good morning, good morning to you.
1: This is
2: WPTF Radio, Raleigh, North Carolina. And I'm Reese Edwards. Hello, everybody. Atlantic Coast Conference Tournament Basketball is on the air. This is Wally Osley. This is Bill Jackson speaking.
3: Hello, everybody. Welcome now to Sportsline. Gary Dornberg with you. I'm Tony Rixby, WPTF News. Hello, this is Charles Carroll, CBS News, on WPTF in Raleigh. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Carolina Newsmakers. I'm Don Curtis. Hello, friends. This is Bill Friday, WPTF in Raleigh. I'm Rufus Edmiston
2: on The Weekend Gardener. Now, here is your moderator... Tom Kemp. Thanks for watching this week's NC
0: Spin. Now, here is Dave Kaiser. Uh, yo well, that's good. This is Art Devine. This is Robert St. John in the NBC Newsroom in New York.
4: The Monitor Edition of News of the World. Debnum views the
2: news. And now, here is Mr. Debnin. Good afternoon, everyone yours truly sam beard and jim reed and carl gertz
0: thank you sam and greetings to all of our listeners this is harry christy wptf
4: in raleigh north carolina Ed is standing by now with a check
3: of the latest news wptf news
4: presents regional report a digest
3: of late happenings throughout the area this is bill Ellis. this is jimmy Cass. with a nocturne we send as our this is Bill Hope.
0: This is Warren Barfield with Kingdom Scott of the Organ and a program of Familiar carols. Good
4: morning, this is Bill Franklin. And this is J.C. Knowles with the North Carolina Collection on WPTF.
2: I'm Mike Blackman, WPTF News. This is Robert Hager, WPTF News. This is Bob Farrington.
4: Good morning, everybody. Charlie Gaddy here with Ask Your Neighbor. Mario Dale here. Fess Parker, our guest this morning here at News Talk 680. Well, Jack Boston, that was a great introduction. Hey everyone, great to have you with us. This is North Carolina's Morning News. I'm Brian Freeman on WPTF. Hello, I'm your friend Bart Rittner. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the Bob Butler Show. This is Ned Champion reporting. And here is Carl Venters. WPTF is the voice that shares with its neighbors. What it's like to be living the life of raw. This is Charles Osgood, wishing Mike Raley and Ann Clapp congratulations on the anniversary of WPTF's Weekend Gardener program. This is Donna Mason on 680 WPTF. And
5: I'm Dick Stork in the WPTF Record Vault. Good morning to you. Johnny Hood on the Southern Farm Network. Well, howdy, everybody. I'm Hath Hanson. I'm Marlon Bowling reporting. I'm Ann Clapp. And this is a Tar gardener saying, keep them growing. Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Yeah, we're
4: here, our number three of the Weekend Gardener. Mike Rayley, here, along with Ann Clapp and uh, Rufus Edmonston, the former Secretary of State and Attorney General and Deputy Chief Counsel on the Senate Watergate Committee and the current Secretary General of Gardening in North Carolina, sir.
3: At at, at no cost to the state of At North no cost. Yeah, we want Billy to know that.
4: Yeah, we. Uh, there have been inquiries as to
3: <laughs> as to
4: uh, whether the state was footing the bill, absolutely not,
3: absolutely not. And he and, so, and, pro bono. And we love the Weekend Gardener. <laughs> the only thing I'd get up for on Saturday morning for would be the Weekend Gardener.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not an early riser, huh? But uh, Mark Bumgardner is with us from the Orange County Cooperative Extension Service, and uh, we're always glad to have Mark with us. And uh, as a matter of fact, I'll uh, be calling you, uh, be emailing you very soon to schedule you again Absolutely. for a show.
6: I love this show.
4: All right. It's a fun uh, group of people. Yes, right. Is. Hey, Absolutely. we had a, a question off the air about uh, from a lady who didn't want to hang on about pruning roses. Now, I know that some people prune maybe waist high this time of year to, to really tall rose plants because you know the wind can blow and and mess up the root system to some extent but most of that and is is done
1: in January February February particularly February is is usually the the good month to to get things cut back and that's true for any type of rose I've always thought felt, felt that that it was yeah. that roses are are not as difficult to to try to to keep as people think they are yeah. you just take it by the book and uh, so where you how
4: do you prune a rose properly
1: well a, a rose needs to grow out not in when you when you start putting r- roses in the ground you you want to open up the roses and, and get get just like
4: you would a tree canopy <laughs> to to some extent. Yeah. And what about uh, I know there there are certain places on on the rose stem that you make the cut?
1: You you do you, you've got to look at at the way the the plant is shaped mm. and you want it shaped so that it goes out right. rather than going in when mm. uh the plant is is growing so
6: you're cutting the outside bud or the buds so that the outside ones are are continuing to move outward
1: and outward and you don't want them going back to the to the inside you want and
3: you take you make the cut right above a bud yes that's what i do yeah
4: that's that's what i was i was talking about yeah the clear
1: out that middle Oh please get that center of it. And when down. you
4: prune trees, Mart that's uh, something you, you it depends you,
6: on what kind of tree it is. Yeah. I mean uh, if you think about a peach tree, for example, you want to have an open center. so basically you're cutting the main the main trunk, the main stem uh, out of it so that it's growing out and, and any kind of uh, things that's being shaded underneath uh, the, the fruit's going to be growing in that open area. yeah so if it's being shaded out or if it's going straight up, you'll cut it out. But again, like an apple tree, you want to have a central lead going up or like an oak tree, the main stem is, is up and then yeah. – and it shapes outward.
4: Sure. You,
6: you, you
3: know, mentioned Polk County a while ago. Yeah. Do you know if that's a great peach-growing county in North Carolina?
4: I didn't – I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Okay. I know yeah, Anson is. County is and, of course, the sandhill area. Yeah. Is. But uh, yeah. I hadn't thought about Polk County. Uh, and, of course, uh, crepe myrtles, for instance, uh, the, they – Tend to have a lot of limbs that cross and maybe oh, a little contorted, yeah.
1: and you you don't want that. And you want yeah. them to grow out. Yeah. You don't want them to grow in and sure, get right. get caught up on everybody. That's, Very good. Okay.
4: Well, I hope that uh, that helps the listener, and and I'm sure that you can go to. Uh, I, I've already done it. You can go to uh, how to prune roses, ncsu.edu mm-hmm. or how to prune roses in North Carolina, and and a lot of these. Uh, North Carolina State University Cooperative Extension Service leaflet articles will come up and uh, help you, and some from different counties and others generally from the university. So, yeah, that that helps a lot. Let's go to Gary in North Raleigh. Gary, good morning.
5: Good morning, everyone.
4: How can we help you today?
5: Um, We live in the North Raleigh area out near Falls Lake, and I'm looking for, I say that uh, to say that we have a lot of deer here, so I'm looking for an evergreen shrub that uh, the deer don't like and will grow well in the shade.
1: Um, I don't know of any of those.
5: <laughs> well, you know, we come back to that
4: uh, fragrant osmanthas. They, I, I haven't noticed, of course, I don't, I don't have. I have, I've seen deer come through my yard, but I haven't noticed them bothering uh-huh. the hollies, uh, the hollies were going to need more sun, but I have uh, osmanthus that, that grow fine in shade. You're not going to get the blooms that you would if they were growing in sun. Would
5: you spell that?
4: Osmanthus. O-S-M-A-T-H-M-A-S. <coughs>
1: osmanthus. Yeah, yeah, M-A-N-T-H-A-S.
4: Okay, osmanthus.
5: All right. we, we do, in this uh, particular case, uh, I planted number of years ago, some chindo viburnums that are uh, about 15 feet tall. They've done extremely well. They're beautiful a dark green foliage. This will be uh, about 10 feet in front of those. That's why it has the shade uh, specification that I mentioned. The, um, that same area, we have two uh, camellia, uh, camellias that are blooming now. They're beautiful. Uh, I, but they get partial sunlight part of the day. And we also have a gardenia that does very well, but it too gets the sunlight. So I say that to say that I'd thought about camellias and take my chance on the shade, but because um, I know the other camellias grow well.
0: Uh,
3: deer do love to nibble on camellias. So. Oh yes,
5: <laughs> Gary. Can I can I also turn
6: you on to a, a great website? It's called uh, Plants, the Plants Database. Um, you can go in there and customize uh, your search for uh, resistant to resistant challenges, and and uh, deer are one of those. Um, and you can I put it. in your the uh, light requirement. Uh, but it's uh, plants.ces.ncsu.edu. And then click on the find a plant. It's called the Plants Database. You can even even Google Plants Database at ncsu.edu, Edu, um, and you just go in on the left side and find a plant, and then say, "Hey, you know, low light requirements um, and uh, resistant to deer," and, and it'll pop out a list of things that uh, that you can possibly use for your specific need.
4: Now I know that uh, I, I just looked. That up to a certain extent, there's a list, a Chatham County list that they compile there, and uh, tea olive is among the plants that deer seldom mess with. Wax myrtle is another nandina, and you can you can, as I mentioned, you can grow the uh, tea olive, uh, the osmanthus in uh, some shade, but it's it's certainly not going to produce uh, those sweet blooms as much as they would in, in sun or, or part sun even but uh, that, that is certainly one of them there's quite a, there's quite a list most of them inkberry for instance most of these the hollies they, they need really need sun yeah uh,
5: we have um, just to show that uh, to uh, I guess further give you an idea of this location there's full sun probably six feet from this particular place where I need to or, or want to plant that evergreen uh, right. So it's very it's very near direct sunlight, but it itself is would be in the uh, the plant itself would be in the shade.
6: Um, are you looking for a broadleaf evergreen, or are you looking for a needle evergreen? Broadleaf. Okay, let's see. I'm just looking at some of the different characteristics here. Broadleaf. Uh, there's a 60 uh, different different uh, uh, wild olive. I don't know. Uh, um, see wintergreen, striped wintergreen.
3: What about that smaller uh, magnolia? The little, little boy—they call it something. Boy, little little Jim. But I, I think they probably all need. I think they probably all need
4: sun. Too much sun. I think they probably thrive more see, in sun.
5: Yeah. Well, the uh, the setting there <clears throat> is a the natural area nearby, but um, the camellias just look great uh, coming up the drive and. Uh, yeah. The gardenia, you know, looks nice when it's in full bloom, and then it's a nice evergreen the rest of the year. Um,
4: I well, I, I would I would suggest a mix. Uh, I, you know, I don't have any problem with with. The, I, I think I'd take a chance with the camellias.
1: I would definitely one take of chances them. with
4: camellias. <laughs> yeah, even with uh, and, and of course you you have a, a bunch of them. Rufus, do they
5: bother yours a lot or
3: no? They don't because they 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 can't come across the fence. Well, that's right. Yeah.
5: Well, actually, they've never the, the ones we have, uh, we planted years ago or I did and uh, they flourish and the deer have left them alone.
4: Oh, okay. Well, I'd go for I'd go for the camellias definitely.
5: Well, I, I was sort of uh, I was headed planning to uh, head for a nursery nearby today or two of them actually.
4: And they may have some other ideas.
5: I had camellias at the top of my list, but uh, the shade was still <clears throat> making me um, hesitate when I happened to recall your show, which I've listened to for years, by the well, way. Well, thank you yeah. very
4: much. Well, the camellias work pretty well
1: in shade. Yeah. They, they work very well yeah, in camellias, shade. Camellias,
6: winter, winter rose, uh, and then snowman,
5: winter snowman. So okay, you. we've made a decision. <laughs> <laughs> camellias <Right>. it is. <laughs> yes, it is. And yeah.
4: obviously there are a lot of different types of camellias. Oh, there so. are
1: lots of so, different camellias. <laughs> I've well.
5: been on the uh, Internet yeah. this week uh, perusing the uh, camellias, and yeah. you're right. There are many of them, and they're all beautiful.
4: Very good.
5: So I'll, I'll, I'll stay with that.
4: All right, Gary, well, call us back sometime and let us know what you planted.
5: I will do that, and sometime I, maybe I'll share with Rufus a story that he uh, could use in his speeches from time to time. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Uh, he's always
4: needing those, rotary clubs and everything. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Gary, thank you very much. You're
5: quite welcome. You all have a great weekend.
4: You too. You do too. Bye. All right. More of the Weekend Gardeners straight ahead. You're on WPTF, 919-860-9783. You're listening to
5: the longest-running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on
4: WPTF with Weekend Gardener at 1025, and Ken is with us. Ken, good morning. Hey, how are you
2: guys? All right. How can we help you this morning? And, and Well, I got I do I, The... Uh... The intro that you played with all the personalities tells you how old I am because I recognize most of the voices. Good, uh-huh. you
4: know, uh, uh, Carl Venter's today is Carl Venter's birthday. Oh. He uh, was was president of Durham Life Broadcasting for uh, years and and helped. Uh, he, he started uh, our sister sister station WQDR. Which huh. uh, was the first one of the first album rock stations in the Al- country Absolutely. back in 1972. Before that, it was WPTF FM.
2: So, yeah, they would give you the uh, Dolby tones, and you could record the album at night, and not have to buy them. That yeah, a lot, a lot like a, a. He was ahead of his time. Yeah, he, well, Carl Venter's <laughs> definitely
4: was, and uh, a great marine officer, and and uh, he he was a uh, he is and was a, a tough guy, very very smart guy.
2: I was sorry to hear that, uh, on the news that Barbara Heisler passed away.
4: Barbara I worked with Barbara took Bart Rittner's place uh, on the open line back in 79 or 80 when Bart became news director and uh, she was she had the best voice and she was mm-hmm. the sweetest person, she was very talented. So I, she was uh, she was a great lady. I uh, yeah. didn't get a chance to work with her too many years. She was here here a few years, but
2: so, i didn't i didn't hear on the intro i somehow did i miss tom kearney i didn't i didn't hear that maybe i missed that
4: well tom so, hasn't, hasn't retired yet
2: but oh is it only retired well
4: that, that's the way it's supposed to be that that's the way i had it tony tony rigsby i put him in there he retired and then he came back to work
2: part oh that's so what that's
4: he messed everything got up, up. <laughs> <laughs> okay so, well, yeah and i gotta i gotta figure out I, I don't know if i can find a barbara heisler cut to uh to put in there. It, that's been the cool. toughest part of it because I've, yeah. I've been doing this for, for years putting these things together. It was originally the intro to a <clears throat> uh, 19, our 65th anniversary uh, we did a hours show each Sunday night that uh, took a different aspect of WPTF history and uh, we, this was the intro to the program but I have expanded it greatly it's great, tremendously. Over I, the I years.
2: also enjoy you guys being on FM now too. So yeah, ninety
4: eight point five.
2: Yeah, uh, it was interesting when I heard the the um, uh, you call them the girls <laughs> on their, their previous hour. Yeah, um, talking about the the uh, in particular water gardening. I I had it is interesting that I I had <clears> a <throat> problem with with washing of uh, mulch and and debris in my backyard down a, a over river rock which would cover them up and the leaf blower you'd have to go in there constantly and then i started looking at the water running and and thought you know i need kind of a mini retention pond so i had a a, a brick wall with with not brick with the paver the little uh yeah. trapezoid shaped pavers mm-hmm. um and so i do have re- I, I have no more mulch running down um it, it holds enough water, and then it gently goes away. But what I'm wondering about, and that had me interested, is what what kind of cover or grasses that's in the backyard, and I worry about people seeing it from the front, what sort of stuff should I grow in that retention pond that stays, you know, if it, if it rains once a week, it's, it's pretty damp in that little area, because we get a lot of runoff from the neighbor, and I'm, I'm kind of holding it. Uh, and letting it out slowly so it it doesn't uh, doesn't wash my stuff away. And of course, that helps the environment because it keeps it from going to the storm drain. Mm-hmm. There about,
0: are
4: a lo- there, about, a lot there about, are a lot of ornamental grasses now, um, but you know I haven't. Uh, Martin, have you encountered? In, in oh, yeah. I know some people have have. Uh, have a little ponds we're can uh, hold on a second we'll we'll be back after the news and, and discuss sure. this more sure you're listening to the weekend gardener on wptf
5: Back to the WPTF
4: Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Okay, and, uh, Ken was talking about growing grasses in a, a retention pond area, it's wetland pond. area, and, uh, and it, yeah, go ahead.
2: There's not water. I mean, there. I mean, it. It. It's dry within five or six hours after the, a big rain. I mean, it, yeah. it goes. But
4: down it kind down of stays, spot. stays moist or wet.
2: The, yeah, the area it does because because it. Yeah, does right. But, okay, uh, Mark, what did you come up well, with? that's,
6: that's exactly that. You know what a rain garden kind of is all about is is you retain the water just long enough to 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 let it slowly infiltrate, maybe over a day to, to three to four days, right? Um, and so it's so it's not wet, it, but it's 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 damp. But uh, again, there's some wonderful wonderful plants out there uh, that you can use. For example. Uh, Baptiste australia, Australia, I can't even say it. (laughs) Uh, Blue false indigo would be a a wonderful plant that you could uh, plant in a rain garden. Um, uh, If you go back to that plants database that we uh, talked about earlier in the the show, Mm -hmm. uh, there's 322 plants, you know, that uh, would work for this area in rain gardens. It doesn't have to be. Tell
2: me that website again.
6: It's If you just Google plants database, And then behind it, put uh, ncsu.edu, and it's a tailorable, it's a plant toolbox is what it is, Extension Gardener, North Carolina Extension Gardener plant toolbox. And you can customize your search for finding a plant for a specific area. And what I did was I just clicked on the left side to find a garden, uh, landscape location, and uh, said rain garden. Okay. And so 344 plants that are available uh, and they're adding more uh, as as we speak uh, to to update this database. They're adding uh, things in there that uh, you know to make it more user friendly. They're adding uh, keyword searches and uh, able to add um, uh, like weeds. Uh, if you're trying to identify a weed or a plant, uh, there's a tab up there that says identify a plant, and then it's got a design gallery. They're they're continually updating this uh, this thing to make it more user friendly for the consumer.
2: Ken, so, does that help? That, that's very helpful, and it's a good thing is that the more we do that, then the more we're going to have to treat less stormwater, and uh, uh, the more we're going to clean things up. That's
4: and if thing. you go to uh, one of the good garden centers around, I'm sure they'll have have some specimen plants right there and some more advice.
3: Ken, how do you, how do you gradually let the water out? Do you have a, a spigot of some kind?
2: No, it's what's interesting, because when you build a retention pond with those those trapezoid kind of stone pavers you get at the big hardware. Right, big it seeps out, huh? It seeps through, and I, it's three stones high. And um, and the first stone is about even with the ground on the backside. So it's right. kind of the the top two are above it, and you'd just be surprised to how a little. I mean, think we got like that gully washer we had last week when I think my rain gauge said four inches. Sure, um, it, it was up to the top, and, and a little bit went over the top, but but you would just see it creeping through a bunch of little holes like the little Dutch boy trying to stop it up, mm-hmm. and that was just enough to keep my from washing even downstream from it. I actually, it, it was just enough to keep my river rock from getting inundated with uh, all the, the pine straw and and mulch that that was up above it, higher than that. So yeah. it's a great it's a great thing, and it it uh, it also keeps it from running into the, my other neighbor's yard. So it's coming from one neighbor and I'm keeping from passing it on to the next.
6: Well, then definitely a, a great stewardship program that you're working on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything we can keep uh, that, you know, the biggest polluter of, of storm water uh, is, is sediment. And people don't realize that. They think it's uh, it's these chemicals from, you know, fertilizer, long runoff and stuff like that. But it's actually sediment. So uh, by slowing the water down, holding it as long as you can, it really does... Uh, Help out the environment because it, it lets it uh, go into the ground system as opposed to the storm drain system.
2: And, and sediment is a good description of what the base of that looks like because it is black, silt, tiny, tiny, fine black uh, that's right there now in my in that little pond area. So it looks like it would be really rich to grow something in. There,
4: uh, there is a book. Uh, uh, pro, one of the professors at NC State in landscaping. Um, it's uh, Helen Krauss and uh, Ann Spafford.
6: Oh, I is, know Ann. They yeah, are Ann, good. It's Go called on. Rain
4: Gardening in the South. And it's a really good book. It was uh, put out a few years ago. I know it's available on Amazon.
6: Yeah. Ann was one of my teachers. <laughs> Ann Spafford. Yeah. Yeah. Great lady. Oh, smart
2: lady.
3: But, well, Ken, maybe you well, could grow, grow watermelon in there. In there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> if not enough sun, I don't think, Ruth. It's okay. Uh, it's well, a little shady. I get a lot of vine and very very little melon. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Ken, thank you very much. Thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, Liv, I believe, uh, is in Harnett County. Liv, good morning. You're on WPTF.
0: Good morning. Thank you so much for taking my call.
4: Yes, ma'am. Thanks for waiting.
0: Glad to. Informative. I have a an elephant ear plant that I have had uh, through the summer in a large old iron wash pot. And it's now been nipped by the frost, and I can't keep it in the wash pot. I can't move that around. Uh, what's the best way I can remove it, and hopefully, is, it a, is there a way I can keep it over the winter, under the house, and your directions,
6: you certainly can. <laughs> yeah. right. You certainly can. If you, you just need to dig it up, dig up. It's 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 a big tuber, yeah. basically. It's huge. Um, uh-huh. I, I assume how big how big was it? I assume your your elephant ears were probably uh, probably four feet
0: tall, at least. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, you're and, gonna oh ten or twelve um, stalks.
6: Oh, wow. Okay, so what I would do is just just cut that back. Um, You know, the the cold won't kind of make it turn into a mush. So just cut it off, uh, trim it up, and then just dig down and and get that uh, big tuber up. And then you can take the tuber itself and you can almost trim it all the way down to to the small roots off of it without a problem. And just put it in a a place that's uh, cool but not uh, where it won't freeze. And it will overwinter. Uh, It just needs a little bit of moisture so that it doesn't dry out.
3: I put mine in a burlap sack, and it works just fine.
0: uh, (laughs) Well, if I'm putting it under the house, do I need to put anything under it to keep it from uh, getting too wet if if it rains? I mean, do I put it on plastic, or is it better to put newspaper in I put. I mean, I'd probably put it up on
6: put it up on a block or so. I mean, just just so so it's not sitting in water if you have a mm-hmm. a big rain event or something like that. But uh, okay. just get it up off the ground. Uh, put it on a packing uh you know a pallet or something like that, a wooden pallet. Um, Very but,
0: good. I can do
6: that. Yeah. Put it on a you know put a rag underneath it or something around it,
0: mm-hmm.
6: and, and it'll do just fine.
0: Well, I've kept it for. I don't remember how I did it last year, so I really appreciate your advisement thank you sir yep. and you cool. all have good growth
4: or if it uh, if you got a burlap sack you yep. can you can carry it with you yeah. <laughs> well, wherever you go <laughs> I've, Liv, I've, I've been
6: I... successful with those you know just leaving them out in the yard i mean but but again if it's if it's in a big you know metal pot it may freeze, yeah. Yeah. freeze it solid yeah. so that's i think that's kind of how how i would do it
0: thank you so much
4: thank you well, very well, much you for calling Liz. yeah i hope you have a nice day too you too
0: bye,
4: bye. More of the weekend gardeners straight ahead here on WPTF, 919-860-9783. It's 1045.
5: Listening to one of the longest running radio shows in the country, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus.
4: We're back on WPTF with the Weekend Gardener. Mike Riley here, along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmondson. Uh, Mart Bumgardner is with us from the Cooperative Extension Service in Orange County. And uh, we were delighted to have a couple of Kay and Melissa from is uh, Master Guard of the current class, which is uh, with Zoom and apparently very successful. It's uh, it, it's really amazing to me that uh, how many things can be, how many meetings can be conducted, and and uh, people really got something out of this class, and it's almost over.
6: Certainly have, and we've really, really, they've done a great job. Great group. Oh my gosh, what a smart people. Much so, smarter than I. <laughs> I'll so you, tell you what? <laughs> you do this every
4: 2 years. Every in 2 Orange years County.
6: we do. We do and and uh it's it's uh we've had some fantastic speakers uh that that participated in, and we have three more classes left of this year and 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 again we're having a a blueberry pruning uh, we're going to have uh, half the morning is going to be dedicated to the master gardeners and then half is going to be dedicated to the public to be able to come out uh, to a mas- to a, a blueberry pruning workshop that we're going to have in January. Mm. So uh, they'll have to sign up in advance, uh, contact the extension office, and uh, we'll give them uh, – go to our website and uh, we'll have that up uh, probably next week um, um, if they're interested. And then just sign up ahead of time so that we can still social distance. It's is probably going to be the most important thing. People will need to bring their own pruners. Um, and uh, make sure they're wearing a mask uh, and dress appropriately because it will be cold.
4: Sure. Uh, we think it, it's supposed to be cold. <laughs> it's supposed to we be cold. We think it will be cold. Yes,
6: that's right. And uh, you know, the mask is, is uh, critical. And then uh, we'll probably take temperatures as people come in just to make sure that we're yeah. safe and, uh, and, and we'll do the responsible thing.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So this is a time of year I'm sure you, you get plenty of calls year-round. From the public in Orange County, what are some of the topics? What are some of the questions that the master gardeners and you are are taking from the public right now?
6: Um, probably the biggest right now is uh, how do I protect my my either my my perennials over the winter is probably the some of the bigger questions um, and how do I prevent uh, uh, you know this does, you know what do I do about cleaning up the diseased crop that I had last year, um, you know, sterilization of, of equipment and putting their, their garden to bed and, and about cover crops, you know, yeah. we're getting a lot of interest now in cover crops and I think that's fabulous, um, you know, putting some things in so that uh, soon in the spring when they're ready to wake up their garden, they can uh, terminate those cover crops. And this is a vegetable garden, of A vegetable course, garden yeah. and, and uh, you know, just some areas that they're uh, interested in, in maybe replanting next year.
4: What uh, now talk a little bit about protecting uh, well the the plants? What do we do with uh, the plants, the perennials?
6: Okay, um, there's a lot of people that are interested in in uh, mulching. You know, when's the proper time to mulch? And there's uh, some conflicting information that that, that I'm hearing. Um, some say, well, it's better to to mulch in the winter after the plants have already uh, have have already gone, gone dormant because uh, you you don't want to create that false. Uh, heat there, and so, um, but but again, it goes back to you know most people uh, as they are going into the winter do a lot of mulching. So so the question is, w- what's the best time to do it? Um, I, I say whenever I have the be- have the oh, yeah. most time. Yeah, when you got time. <laughs> That's right. So uh, I'm, I've been busy myself uh, personally um, spreading uh, mulch and wood chips, uh, creating a new bed uh, for for my family um moving a few shrubs around that uh have have gotten overcrowded and uh are in the wrong place. And uh, so that's what I've been doing. This is life. a
4: good time of oh, year to move yeah. things it, and to plant things. It is, yeah. it is.
6: And you know uh it's um again it's it's all a little if we wait a little our temperatures just are now starting to freeze. So um you don't want to have the the heaving issue—if you try to plant when it, when the ground's frozen—is not too good. So, so it's it's still not too too late to to move plants. To uh, I've been separating uh, lilies, you know, separating bulbs and stuff like that, and pulling them out of the ground and going to move those and uh, doing a little bit of landscape work. Um, but uh, no, it's not too late to to go ahead and do some of that. Um, you know yeah. shifting things around.
3: Well I'm pulling all the annuals, cutting cutting back to the ground the perennials, and then I take every leaf I can find on the place and put about eight inches of
6: of leaf matter over that.
1: That's a good way to do it. And, and, and
6: some of the some of the things I have found is I've kind of healed them up. <laughs> I, I I do like you do is I chop my leaf matter up and um and then once I, I've got all these uh, chopped leaves and I'll have it in a pile, and then some of my my plants, I'll put it in there and kind of hill them in to protect them over the winter. Uh, Things like figs, if I've got a new fig, uh, you know, shrub in, um, I'll put a lot of leaf litter on it, you know, 8 to 12 inches of leaf litter just to to hold that so it'll kind of… It's amazing
3: what leaves will do. That's right. It's like the hibiscus. I cut them back about 6 inches to the ground and pile a foot of leaf mulch on it. And that's and the, that's the hardy hibiscus. It's the hardy hibiscus. Yeah. That are so
4: popular. But, uh, back to the pruning. We wouldn't want to prune something that, uh, at least drastically, that, pr- that uh, blooms in the spring, but there are a lot of other things. Oh,
6: absolutely. Um, you know, your, your junipers and stuff like that, you can go ahead and, you can do a little bit of pruning. Um, most people recommend, the pruning is recommended to, to, to go into, wait till they go fully dormant. So mm-hmm. you're talking about uh, a January, February. That's why we do blueberries, so that they, uh, bef- you know, we can go in and we can look at the buds and we can see what what what's actually going to be a flower, which is going to be a blueberry, or if it's going to be a leaf bud, and we can trim those trim those out. Um, and uh, but again, we wait till they get fully dormant. Whereas some others, you know, you can lightly prune any kind of dead. You can prune any time of the year. And uh, that's something that
4: Rufus has been. Doing, uh, getting rid of the dead wood, right, plant.
6: and also putting, you know, the the, the shrubs that uh, where the limbs are crossing and stuff like that. You know, I would lightly prune those, but uh, you know, to open those up. But the issue is, right now, you don't have a lot of the, the disease pathogens that you would in, in the <coughs> early spring as it's it's out there. So by pruning now, the sap is running down versus running up. And so that's that's kind of the logic behind, you know, why you'd want to prune now.
3: Rufus, are you going to be pruning anything besides your uh, perennials? I was thinking of getting rid of dead wood is a pretty good philosophy for a, <laughs> a lot of things
0: in life. <laughs> they, they,
4: they've uh, looked at me many times and said, well, maybe we need to get rid of the dead wood. I, I don't know.
3: Well, I've got I these wonderful candle lilies that Mark <clears throat> gave me for the that I want to plant this afternoon. And I've still got to haul off a lot of because I had Mexican sunflowers and, and probably probably 50 of them and they're they're huge and they take a lot of dirt when you pull them out of the ground. Yeah. I've got to haul that all off down to the bog and got a lot to do.
4: Well, we should if you've got a bog, we should have let you handle the bog uh, Ken's bog question. Wisteria.
6: <laughs> Wisteria. Yeah. That's you
4: don't don't want to mess with that. No. Woo. no. You know, when you're servicing your car, you need to know your cycle of service. Your cycle of service begins the month you buy your car. That cycle does not necessarily match with the normal seasonal changes. At uh, King's Auto Service, they will schedule your service intervals based on that cycle. For those using synthetic oil and driving uh, limited miles, you may go months past the normal service-based on those miles, and it'll need schedule. You know, you you really need to get in there and schedule your service two to three times a year. During your service, folks at King's Auto Service will check wipers and belts and tires and transmission levels. For those of you currently driving a hybrid vehicle... The certified hybrid technicians at King's Auto Service are now able to refurbish your high-voltage battery pack for less than the dealer will charge to replace it. This usually occurs around 150,000 miles. So call King's on Monday to schedule a courtesy battery analysis. King's Auto Service and King's Correct Lube. Easy to find at 1039 Northwest Street in downtown Raleigh and at kingautomotive.net. King's Automotive Service, Raleigh's most reliable auto care since 1946. Martin, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you.
6: I really enjoyed being coming on. on the show. Thank you for having me, and I yeah. look forward to our next show.
4: Absolutely. And uh, thanks to Kay and Melissa, Master Gardener interns. They're wrapping up their classes, and good luck to all of those folks. It's Brother good Rufus, to have
1: new ones coming. That's in. right.
4: Miss Ann was one. Uh, Brother Rufus, thank you very much, Miss Ann. Absolutely. God
2: love you all. We'll see you next week on the North Carolina News Network.